0: We're going to finish off the series on the Holy Spirit. We planned to do it last week. We're going to have a debriefing session, really, tonight is what it's going to be. But what I want you to do is lay one hand on your head and one hand on your heart, and we're going to pray once again that God would open up our minds to receive and our hearts to be soft and pliable to receive the truth of God's word tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that God, you would open up our minds, any wrong thoughts, any misconceptions, any misconceived ideas that we may have that's contrary to your word when it comes to the Holy Spirit. God, we push them out right now. And God, we open up our minds, God, to receive the truth of your word. And God, in saying that also, we open up our hearts to be able to receive, to accept, God, the awesomeness of your word. Because God, your Holy Spirit is for today. Your Holy Spirit is for For my life for our lives today and I pray we would realize that we would walk in that and we would step into that in Jesus name and everyone said amen come on give someone a high five before you sit down and say hey looking good tonight there you go looking good looking good looking good Miss Agnes looking good tonight looking good you know I'm really excited about the response that we've received from this series some of the response I'm excited about has been negative and you may say, why are you excited about that? For In order for someone to have a response, they have to be listening. So even though it's been a negative response, it's okay. Because you know what? It's going in. And I know that God says in his word that his truth shall not return void. And we're just believing that God is going to work in people's lives. But there's been a great response. There's been people who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, which we believe is a power source that as children of God, God desires for us to have that. And we need that. And and there's people who are still seeking that. And that's great. We're, We're with you. We're going to hang in there with you. We're not going to give up because because we believe it's for you and it's for your today and we're going to keep praying with you and we're going to be excited about you with you but it's such a vital vitally important subject the holy spirit that too often is forgotten in churches today in the church world today we've, re- we've replaced it with programs and procedures and hear me today, there's nothing wrong with programs. We have programs here. we 've got programs for our children right now, for our youth, for our nursery, for women 's ministry, for men's, different things. We 've got programs, and there's nothing wrong with those, and they are spirit or they're specifically geared to different age groups, and, and that's important. There's nothing wrong with procedures. How many realizes there's got to be order in the church? There can't be disarray. There's got to be order. In fact, God's word shows us that he's a God of order. And many times he didn't move because there was people out of control. And until they placed him in control, he wasn't able to move. So we see all these things. But there must be what? We've got to realize that we don't place our faith in programs and procedures. But rather, our faith has to be in God. It's God that says, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So we've got to be very careful because many churches today have the tendency to push the Holy Spirit out and take control of what's going on because they're afraid that if they allow the Holy Spirit, things may change. You know what? Those things that need to change, need to change. And the Holy Spirit is going to only fulfill the will of God. You need to think about that. And I encourage you to take notes again tonight. The Holy Spirit will only fulfill the will of God. He won't go against God. Why? Because He is God. He is God. And you know a church, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit could be called the it factor. And you know when a church has got it and you know when a church doesn't got it. When a church doesn't have it. And the evidence or the non-evidence will speak for itself. And the Holy Spirit is not just a it factor in the church, but He is also the factor of life too. Why? Because He is the power of God. He is the evidence of God. He is God Almighty. And He doesn't want just to be an it factor in the church. The Holy Spirit wants to be the it factor in your life, when you walk out of here and what you do. So throughout the month of August, really every message we preached really was a question answered. Because we asked a question and tried through that message to answer it. And we're just debriefing tonight and then we're going to throw it out there for anyone that's got any questions or anything. So if you're coming up with questions while I'm speaking tonight, why don't just jot them down so at the end we'll give you an opportunity just to um, voice those. And God willing, we'll have the answer for them. So first we began by asking this question, what do you think of the Holy Spirit? What do you think of the Holy Spirit? Trying to give a clearer understanding to people because there are a lot of misinformed or uninformed concepts and ideals out there. Some people say the Holy Spirit was great back then, but he's not for today. Some people have even labeled the Holy Spirit today as the works of Satan and not the works of God. A lot of misconceived, uninformed ideas out there. And here's the problem with that. A wrong mindset will always produce wrong results. Just going to let that one sink in a little bit. A wrong mindset will always produce wrong results. And that's why it's so important to have a clear, proper, scriptural understanding of what the Holy Spirit is about. Because at the end of the day, scripturally, that's the only opinion that really should matter in our lives. How many times do you hear people say, well, I just don't feel that, you know, I've got a different opinion on that. Well, you know what? I don't care what your opinion is. The Word of God is the opinion that I need to build my life upon. And perhaps if we went back to the opinion of the Word of God, our lives wouldn't be the screwed up mess that they are. Come on. The opinion of God. So we looked at from the Word of God what the Holy Spirit is. And and the fact is what I think it is doesn't change who He is. But it changes my ability to be able to receive him in the way that I... So I've got to have the right mindset in order to be able to receive him in the way I need to. And again, all these messages are on our website under the media page. You can listen to them or you can order them again on CD free of charge. We'll give them to you. And here's what we ask. When you take a CD after you've listened to it, sew it into someone else. Give it to someone else. On a Sunday morning, I want to see our CD taken go out of the roof. I want to see 50, 100 CDs every Sunday taken. Why? For you to listen to and then for you to sew it. Leave it on someone's desk. Put it on the windshield of their car. Leave it in places. Why? Because we need to get the Word of God out there. So then we looked at who is the Holy Spirit? Discovering key truths, but there is none greater than the fact He's God. The Holy Spirit is God. He's part of the triune Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But what we discovered is He's not just a God up in heaven. He's a God that was sent to this earth for what purpose? To live inside of us, to help us. So He is the power of God, or He is the person of God even, for our lives right now. To strengthen us, to help us, to give us what we need. He wants to be in control of our lives right now. You know, when you start mentioning that something wants to be in control of your life, like the Holy Spirit, people get scared. People get scared. They think that's a scary thought. But remember this. He still controls your life according to your response. I want that to sink in too. He controls your life according to your response. What do I mean? God's not going to lift up your hand and say, look at that. You have to lift it up under the instruction of God if that's what He wants. So when we start thinking, well, if I let the Holy Spirit have control of my life, He's going to take over my life. No, He works through you. Remember that. He works through you. It's not that all of a sudden you're doing things that you didn't want to do, but the Holy Spirit will give you what desires in your life. And guess what? Who carries out those those desires? You do. But your life will never be more fulfilled when you're carrying out the desires of God in your life. There's going to be total bliss and happiness and joy. Are there going to be hard days? Yeah, sure, they are. But you know what? There are going to be days that you're going to make it through. So don't think, well, if he's going to control my life, all of a sudden, man, what's happening? The Holy Spirit is... No, no. The Holy Spirit directs our life, but we still have the choice whether to go that way. And I'm telling you once again, I've made many wrong choices and I wished I never had. I've never made a choice that's against the Holy Spirit that's been a good choice for my life. Have you? Is anyone? So when I say he's in control of my life, great! Because I screw up my life. If I leave it up to me, I screw up my life. We had a refocused luncheon yesterday and I threw out this thought to everyone, I wonder how your life would be if you could be God for the day. If you could be God, and the reality is we can be God of our lives because we can make the choices for our lives, and we do every day, unfortunately. But just think if we were God, that nothing was impossible, nothing was withheld from us, and anything we wanted to do in our lives, we were able to do for today. We would think, man, I would do this, do this, do this. Can I tell you, by the end of the night, you would be a wreck. Because what you think you need in your life is probably not what God wants for your life. And what you think is best is not His best. Why? Because you just see the immediate, but God sees the finished picture. Do I hear an amen? And He's working you towards that. The Holy Spirit wants to be the person of God right now, to take control of your life, to lead you in the right direction, so you can be the person that God created you to be. And there is no greater fulfillment than living Like that. We looked at what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit with an evidence. We believe there's an evidence that the Bible speaks of, of a heavenly language, another tongue that comes upon those as they speak, as they bear witness to the Holy Spirit coming upon them. An experience that is separate from salvation. We see in 1 Corinthians 12 and 3... It says this, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So he is involved in the salvation experience. And we've dealt with this in a deeper way throughout the weeks. We're just debriefing tonight. So he, his role is to draw us to Christ. But then there's more available in God. Jesus said this to a bunch of believers Jesus said, hey, I'm going, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Jerusalem. And he said in Acts 1 verse 8, he said, and you shall receive power, post-salvation experience. A new experience will come upon you. And he said it's an experience that you need because it's a power that you need that's going to cause you to be a witness. How do we witness? It's not about just telling other people. It's a power to live a life that speaks because what do they say? Actions speak louder than... So a power to witness is not that I can just open my mouth, but it's a power to live a life that witnesses, because Matthew 5 tells us that they may see your good works and what? Glorify your Father in heaven. Your life bears witness to God. The Holy Spirit wants to be that witness in your life that gives you the strength to be Christ-like and what God needs us to be. We then looked at the symbols of the Holy Spirit, discovering that through the Scriptures or throughout the Scriptures, we see five distinct symbols. But remember, symbols are just types and suggestions. They're representations of the Holy Spirit. They're not the Holy Spirit. But I will say this, when I was studying a couple of Sunday mornings ago, I I take my notes home and I like to read them first thing on a Sunday morning. I usually read them last thing Saturday night too before I go to bed and then they're in my mind all night. I wake up in the morning, I do it, I come into the office and I read through it all. And you know what, as I was sitting outside my house, I hadn't seen any birds outside my house um, because we'd just moved there. And I'm sitting out there Sunday morning and this dove just flew right by and landed on the ground right beside me. I went and said to Kelly, man, that's so awesome. Here I am studying on the Holy Spirit and just the symbol of the dove because that's one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit. From the Scripture, we see there's five. There's oil, the dove, water, wind, and fire. We looked into each one of their characteristics and how they represent the Holy Spirit in such a beautiful way. Let's just look at water quickly, the refreshing it brings. There's something soothing too about rushing water, isn't there? It just refreshes you. It soothes you and then makes you want to go to the toilet. But that's just another problem right there. But there's a refreshing that comes. That's a type of the Holy Spirit. The refreshing that wants to come and others as we mentioned. Then we looked at something that's pretty important and that is this. What good does it do to my life? I don't want to waste my time and I don't want to waste other people's time. So we're not standing here just preaching stuff and fluff and stuff and nothing that's just going to waste your time. We're preaching something that's going to change your life. So we looked at what good does it do? How does it benefit my life? And one thing we discovered was this from James chapter 1, verse 17. We discovered this, that the Bible says, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from God. The Holy Spirit is a good gift. And it's a perfecting gift. I like that. Good and perfecting. I'm not perfect. You can say amen to that. I'm not going to shoot you down. Because I'm going to say you're not perfect and I'm going to say amen to that. But we're not perfect. But thank God there's a good gift and a perfecting gift that God has for us. And one of those gifts is the Holy Spirit that wants to help us and that wants to perfect us. How many knows there's a sanctification process that we go through in our lives? We get saved, but God needs to just clean us up a little bit. You know, God hasn't finished with us yet. We're in that process as he keeps, you know, God's making us a smooth stone as we talked about in the brook that David took a smooth stone. And what happens when we become a smooth stone? I'm telling you this, we become a giant killer. Those obstacles in our life no longer will be standing over us, but will be standing over them. Why? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. So what good does it do? It benefits my life in every, in every way. And then lastly, we looked at what are the results of living a Spirit-filled life? And we discovered there were three. Number one, He gives me direction. Number two, He gives me power. And number three, my life has new Purpose, purpose, purpose each and all so important to the development and growth in our lives. So the Holy Spirit is truly for today, for your life right now. Ephesians 5 verse 18 tells us to be filled with the Spirit. It doesn't say if you think like it or you maybe want it. That's a commandment, literally. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. It talks about before that, don't be drunk with wine and and the things of this world, but be filled with the Spirit of God. I wonder how many times we are filled with everything else except the Spirit of God. And that's the desire that I have as the pastor of this church. That's the desire I have for every one of you to be filled. And and you know what? It's so easy. Here's the two conditions for being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's only two. Number one, salvation. To be saved. You first have to be saved. Born again. And that, as we said, is a work of the Spirit. But then the second requirement or condition for you is to have faith. Just to have faith. Once a person has faith, listen to this, he can receive anything else he needs from God. When we have faith. Faith is the key to heaven. You know, it's that key. You know, and and we've got that. You know, it's not according to our merits. It's not how good we are, but receiving His gift by faith and receiving that gift of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. So I just want to give you a couple of other points tonight and then I'm going to open it up for you. Ready? I'm going to just hit you with some points as we debrief tonight. Number one, don't get discouraged. A lot of people get discouraged. John 10.10 tells us that Satan's greatest work is to steal, kill and destroy. But we've got to remind ourselves, God says, hold on a second, that's what he came to do, but that's not the end of the story. God says, but I've come that you may have life and life abundantly. So don't get discouraged believing the lies. If you're going to read that verse, keep reading to the end and keep accepting the fact that God still has life for you to step into. Satan is the father of lives. We've said this. If you want to know if Satan's lying, if his lips are moving, he is. Okay? That's how you know because he is a deceiver. Okay and he wants nothing more for you to doubt this gift he instills confusion in people's lives he places them under condemnation and he tries to make them withdraw their request he tries to make them feel that they're not good enough to receive it that they're doing this or that putting the guilt and condemnation listen don't get discouraged remain or to keep keep your heart open to God and believe that he will fill you i don't know why it doesn't happen At the same time, every time, I don't know why everyone doesn't get filled. So I can't answer that because I don't know. But I can present to you what I do know and that is this. It's real. It's real. And that God is a filler and God is a rewarder. So keep asking, keep seeking because the Bible says those who ask, those who seek, those who knock, guess what? The door will be opened. And that is a continual petitioning sometimes. So keep asking, don't get discouraged. Point number two, it doesn't make you more saved. It doesn't make you more saved. Salvation is the saving experience. The Holy Spirit is the energizing experience. It's power for the walk and it's boldness for the talk. It doesn't make you better than someone in positional terms. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't give you the upper hand where you can look at someone and say, I've got the Holy Spirit, you haven't. I'm better than you. For one thing, if you're carrying on like that, you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your life because the Holy Spirit doesn't work like that. Because it's about other people before you. It's about using other people. So in positional terms, it's not that you're better than someone else because you're saved. Because you are never more any more saved than the day you accepted Jesus Christ into your life. Did you know that? You are never more saved than that initial time. You've just hopefully become more Christ-like. And that's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. But you know what? It doesn't make you better than someone else who doesn't have it, but it gives you the strength and power for the journey through life. And we need that. We need that strength to help us through. Are you ready? Two more points. Number three. It's things that people have asked. Does it make me invincible? You know what, having the Holy Spirit is not like a bulletproof vest that stops every one of Satan's attacks. You know, but I'm telling you this much, it sure helps you to stay away from the wrong places. It doesn't stop the attacks, but it hopefully limits them because it keeps you in the right places that you're not where you shouldn't be and doing what you know you shouldn't do. Even with the Holy Spirit, you will be susceptible to attacks and onslaughts and maybe to a greater degree. For what reason? Because you're a greater threat to the powers of darkness because of the power of God that's living inside of you through the Holy Spirit. But listen to what John 16 verse 7 says, Jesus' words. And Jesus says these words, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I, Jesus, go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, say with me, paracletos. Come on, you've got to say it like really posh, paracletos. Okay? The helper, paracletos, will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Paracletos means one called alongside. The Holy Spirit is one who was called alongside me. So it doesn't make me invincible, but what it does is it places an invincible one beside me that He will shield me, that will help me, that will bring me through. Come on, the Bible says we're still going to face the fire, we're still going to face the water, but the promise is we won't be burned and we won't be drowned. Why? Because He's going to bring us through. Come on, we can be victorious. Those things don't have to overtake us anymore, but we can be victorious through them. Why? Through the power, the paracletos, the Holy Spirit, one beside me. Remember, a power to live. That's what he said in Acts 1 verse 8. You shall receive power to be, power to live. Perhaps one of the greatest roles of the Holy Spirit after salvation is to enable every one of us to be an overcomer, to live in victory. And last but not least, what do I do with it? What do I do? What do I do with this Holy Spirit? I mean, you know, I've got this heavenly language. I mean, what do I do with it? You know, when do I use it? What do I do with it? You use it. It's a prayer language for you. It's, you can use it in church when we're worshiping and in praising God. It's that which builds you up. Jude 1 verse 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourself up in the holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So it's a prayer language for you that helps you, that strengthens you, that in, intercedes for you and others and is there for you. So it's a strength for the believer. And that's the Holy Spirit today. Come on, say with me, the Holy Spirit today. The Holy Spirit that wants to be part of your today, your today. And I just want to encourage every one of you to realize it's real. It's real and it's for you. And don't push it aside. Maybe a little bit skeptical, but just do this. Just say, God, you know, I'm a little bit still skeptical about it. I don't understand it all. But I'm so glad we don't have to understand it all to experience it all. Because if that was the case, I wouldn't have had it. Because I don't understand. I don't understand it all. There's some things here I don't understand. But you know what? By faith, I believe that God's going to bring me through. So if you're skeptical, just say, you know what? If it's real, then God, I ask you to give it to me. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask you to come into my life.
1: We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At HeartSeas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225 274 one six oh seven, or email us at Pastor P at HFLC. US. Remember, put God first in your life, and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.